I want to thank you for joining Inside the Pages presented by Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. Certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and, and grace. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Saturdays at 11.30 p.m., you'll find us on 99.5 FM on your radio dial. And for those that are uh, abroad, uh, you'll find us on kkla.com. So if you're traveling, you're outside of the, uh, the, the Los Angeles area or going to be traveling outside of Los Angeles area, you can still uh, uh, tune in uh, to the Bible class teaching on Saturdays at um, on kkla.com. You know, I was just playing the um, the instrumental, which was written or conducted um, for us by Minister Adriel Griffin. Uh, that we put that together for our intro and exit, and thank God for him, a young man that is like a little brother to me, and and we'll hear more from him uh, later um, later on, not this evening, but later on coming up in the special program that we're putting together. And so he is a very well-seasoned uh, musician and anointed by God. He does not play for show. He plays under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Again, thank you for joining the online service of Cornerstone of Grace. If you're looking for a church home growth ministry, I want to invite you uh, to join us, grow with us, and be blessed with us. I am I am very much excited about the Lord, and I'm excited about what he's doing. I'm excited about living a sanctified life. I'm excited about uh, the things I understand, and there are some things I don't understand. There's some things I, I know and some things that I just don't know. I just don't get it. But that's all right. You do not have to know everything. You don't have to understand everything to live saved, to be to live a sanctified life, to present your body as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. You don't have to know everything to do that. And I believe the word of God gives us enough. I believe enough has been given to each of us that we can live the life that God is calling for. We know right from wrong. We know what's what's how to exercise good judgment. Uh, we know how to rethink a problem and you know and make corrections and modify the outs to modify the outcome, you know, or or maybe from experience, we, we know what to do, what not to do, so that we have a better um, experience. We're in the book of Genesis, touching on what is referred to as a law of particularization. You know, we're moving from the general to particulars. Uh, we're dealing with the universe, earth, man, and spirit. You cannot live this life. You cannot deal with your existence without dealing with that which is spiritual because we are surrounded by spiritual. I'm not talking about the hocus pocus and all of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about the reality of that, that, that we are spirit 
persons, body, soul, and spirit. So we're trichotomy. And, but we're one individual. We're one. We're one. Father, Son, Holy Ghost is one. There's one throne in glory. And so uh, we're touching on those things. We're touching on the creation and the principal person who is the cosmological, the cause of all things, as well as the teleological, the designing mind behind everything. So we're in Genesis, the 12th chapter. I want to direct your attention there, whether you have paperback or you're using your, your tablet or you know your phone. Sometimes I use my phone when I'm, when I'm out places. For the most part, I like carrying my Bible, which is pretty tattered right now. I bought a new one. The pages are still sticking together, you know. Um, but Genesis, the 12th chapter. And we're going to start with the first verse. My prayer is that uh, you have had a blessed day. And, you know, with that in mind, let, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness and grace. Lord, thank you for your love, your keeping power, how you have blessed us throughout this day. Lord God, you know those that have had allergies. You know those that woke up this morning and had a bad hair day. You understand and know all things. You, you know the ups and downs. You know what we deal with as, as people because you've dealt with them yourself when you came and, and you went and you fasted and you were then tempted and, and tried and uh, dealt with situations that, that we deal with repeatedly. Lord God, and, until we overcome those things as you have overcome them. And we thank you, Lord God. We thank you for understanding and for your help. You've given us your word, which has helped us. You've given us your word that has encouraged us. You've given us your word that has given that has given us guidance that we needed. And so we're saying thank you. Lord, we pray and ask that you would help us, Lord God, to pay attention to your word. That which we hear, that which we read, that which we are meditating upon. Lord God, you know those that are sick among us, those that are not, uh, they're dealing with some challenges right now, physically, emotionally, or uh, mentally, Lord God, you know and understand those things better than I do. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you because you you made us. We're your people. You made us. And, and you know everything that there is about us. Lord God, and, and so we look to you as the as our help, Lord God, and, and to comfort us, Lord God. Uh, Lord Jesus, touch those that remember my friend, Lord God, and mentor, Bishop White. Lord God, touch him in his body. Lord Jesus, we, we pray and ask that you would bless, Lord Jesus, others, Lord God, that may be dealing with, that we don't know about. Remember the bereaved, the families that have lost loved ones. And Lord Jesus, the, the family of Bishop Williams, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would bless, Lord Jesus, strengthen your people right now, Lord. Lord, we know that there come a time for change. And, and, and Lord Jesus, and help us during those times as we deal with them unexpectedly and some things we expect, but... We, we need your help. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis, the 12th chapter. Turn it.
beginning at the first verse. It says, now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Shechem and into the plain of Morah. And the Canaanites was there in the land. Also want to read Psalms 37, uh, verse four through six. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And they shall, and, and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. I want to take um, the scripture that we've read, and I'm going to use as a talking point. The heart wants it. The heart wants it. And God is not against it. Now, there's a phrase that, that I've heard some use to say, the heart wants what the heart wants. And it does, the heart, your, your desire. Your heart wants what it wants. And sometimes you're, you're made to feel like God is not with that because it hasn't happened yet. But I'm here tonight to tell you God is not against everything. He's not against a, a, a desire that is good for you. He's not against something that uh, that is um, as complicated as some make it out to be. Now, let's let's go on and we'll touch that a little more. But as you know, the heart is complicated. It's not easily understood. In fact, the heart is very difficult at times to express. And and our heart has uh, placed us in many challenges. We've all been challenged with some of the things. Now, if you haven't, God bless you. I'm happy for you. But some of us have dealt with some challenges. And, and I'm here tonight and I can testify and talk about what I've experienced in life and what I did then and where I am today. But the word of God identifies the heart as something that should be guarded. Your heart is something that you have to guard. Now, how do we guard our heart? You know, we, we have to protect it from some things that we're being that we're being told is normal. You know, is the only normalization that I'm going to deal with in, in is the fact that I am a data engineer, which means that I deal with I spend most of my day in the database and dealing with normalization and creating structures that are, um, you know, 
for pulling data into a data warehouse. Now that, that's normal for me. And that stuff has to be guarded. Well, your heart is also similar to that database. It absorbs information. And some of the information that your heart absorb is structured. It's normalized, meaning it's not redundant, that you don't have a whole lot of it. But then sometimes redundancy is good uh, because that means it can it can pull that information quicker than if it's not redundant. And so David said, Lord, thy word have I hid in my heart that I don't sin against you. And so there is some redundancy that's there um, so that I can pull up your word very quickly. And I'm guarding that. Uh, then there is the other information that we have, which may not be structured. It may be unstructured. And so it's a whole lot of stuff. When you deal with unstructured stuff, you, you don't know what you're getting. And it's and sometimes it flows in slow and other times it flows in fast. It's still your heart has to be protected because you don't want the heart to be overwhelmed because the heart is so complicated. And, you know, we have to filter out and work with our hearts. You know, by the end of the day, we, we don't want to go to bed with a whole bunch of uh, garbage in and garbage out stuff in the heart, the heart, the heart has to be protected and the heart has to be cleansed. Psalms 51 and 10, a, a heart creating me a clean heart and a right spirit. The heart is very delicate. Proverbs 21 two tell us that God searches the heart. He looks at the heart. So no matter what you say, he's checking the heart out. You know, as we say, actions speak louder than words, and those actions are based upon what's in our heart. You, you can hide it for only so long. The heart can be deceitful and wicked. Jeremiah 17 and 9. So we know this heart is not something to play with. Now, some of you have been in some relationships. It don't mean it was intimate relations. It could be someone who said they was just a friend. Uh, but you've been around or you've seen some things and you've experienced some things where it was deceit and it was just wicked and it, wicked at different levels of wicked, depending on where you are, where you've come from, you know. And so uh, somebody may have got over or they tried to get over, you know, or maybe it was you that was that was being the predator or even a super predator. The heart, because the heart is deceitful wicked maybe maybe you grew up in a in a day and time or around people that 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 was norm being deceitful being wicked to get over it. you know i'm gonna get mine until someone showed you that you didn't have to live that life even with all of that god desires the heart your heart i don't care how wicked deceitful that heart is god desires your heart Yep. Uh, yes. He sends a word that that's able to penetrate the hardest. I don't care how callous the heart is. God has a word and he knows what to do with that callous heart. He knows just what to do. He knows how to soften it up. He knows how to take a callous heart and, and have it. And after a while, that heart is melting like butter. He knows what to do. He knows that he has the right uh, the right wording. I'm looking for a wording myself to describe, but God knows just what to do to deal with a callous heart. He knows how to massage it until it becomes soft again. And he desires a heart. 
and that we should love him. Deuteronomy 6 and 5, that we should love the Lord with our whole heart. He's looking for the heart that's going to love him completely. You know, I was just talking with someone and we were talking about the fact that, uh, that we, you know, um, the expression that I love hard, meaning that I'm all in. Are you all in with God? Are you all in? It's something that you have to think about. Am I all in? Or am I just going through the motion? Now, I'm all in. I'm all in. I, I don't have a reason not to be all in. And I don't think you have a legitimate reason not to be all in either. So we all, we, we all should be all in and we should love hard. We should love God hard. Now you have to look that, that expression up for yourself and, you know, but let's love him. Let's love him. The Bible says Sarah was barren and she had no child. Genesis 11 and 30. She was barren. She didn't have a child. You know, and we talked about this last week. Sometimes desires are delayed. Her desire for a child had been delayed. And maybe she thought it was game over. Maybe she thought it is what it is. And, you know, but her heart, her heart wants a wanted a child. You know, the heart wants what the heart wants. And God is not and he was not against it. The question is, for those serious about their walk with God, am I talking uh, to those playing church and, you know, are you serious about your walk with God? Are you serious? Or are you playing? You know, they said, don't play. Uh, let's, let's not play. What separates the divine or the divine request from the permissive or, or him saying no is based on how we line up with his will. Can you look into the word of God to ensure your prayer lines up with his will? And so when we when we consider Sarah, when we consider the topic, you know, that that uh, the heart wants it and God's not against it, then we need to figure out. Am I asking what lines up with his divine will? Am I asking what or am I asking what lines up with his permissive will? Does it line up with his word? Now, sometimes our desire and what we're asking for does not line up with his divine or his permissive will. It lines up with our flesh. I want to satisfy my flesh. And so therefore, I'm ignoring the divine will and I'm ignoring his permissive will so that I can get right down to uh, the flesh being uh, satisfied. I want to gratify that. But listen, there comes a time where as we mature, I believe Paul said when I was a child, I spank as a child. And when I grew older, I put away childish things. So we're putting away some, some childish things. We want to line up with his divine will, not his permissive will. But his divine will, when you understand the difference between the divine will and permissive will, it, 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 you'll, you'll understand and you'll seek the divine compared to the permissive. And many of us are blessed because of the permissive will. When we get to the divine will, it takes you from it takes you from that permissive and it will accompany you all the way into eternity. 
Can you look into the word of God and guarantee your lifestyle lines up with his word? And this is something that we all need to do. We have to consider our actions and base our actions upon his word. Now, Peter was in jail. Him and John was in jail for uh, because they defied what they were being told. An angel came and loosed them. And, and when he loosed them, he told them to go and stand in synagogue and to talk to the people about this life. And so that's what I'm talking to you about this life tonight. Second Peter 1, 10 and 11 says, Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. So see, you have to check, stop and check. And is my lifestyle lining up with his word? I'm making my calling and election sure. I'm ensuring that my seat is occupied by me. I'm ensuring that I have a robe of righteousness and, you know, no one else, if you're not there to get your robe of righteousness, no one else is not going to wear it because it's, it's, it's specially, specifically tailor-made for you. And, and that's something we'll, you know, we'll talk about another time. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. And some people believe that, that it's all right to fall from grace. It's all right to backslide. God, that's not, that was not God's plan that we would be in and out, up and down, all around, every place. And he made provision for backs, those that backslide. And thank God that he did. I, I certainly appreciate uh, God and his deliverance. You know, there was a time in my life that I said I would never go to church again. I said I was not going to church. There was reasons that I had that I, that I said I would not. But God, B-U-T-G-O-D, but God. And thank you, Lord, for that. There's something that, that just dropped into my spirit. But God. And so, but his plan is not for me to, or you, or anyone else to be in and out. One foot in the church, one foot out the church. We call that hypocrisy. And, and so we're not doing that. We're not playing that. And I, I'm very stern about my walk with God, and I and you should too, because you're you're making your calling and election sure. Don't let nobody play with your, your salvation. It's your salvation. And if you're gonna fight, you're gonna fight for your salvation. The Bible tells us to, to fight a good Paul said, I fought a good fight, I lay hold on eternal life. I'm not willing to relinquish what I have. I, my testimony, I'm making that declaration and I've made it before. I'm not willing to relinquish what God has given me. I'm not giving it up. I don't care how my flesh, how my, how what is said or how my flesh might want to act up. And, you know, I'm not having no temper tantrums over what I don't have. Because I want to live a saved life that is pleasing unto the Lord. And I'm making my call and election sure. And flesh does not rule this journey. The spirit of God rules the journey. And so we're following his spirit. To as many as are led, they are the sons of God. So you want to be led of the spirit of the Lord. You want to be filled with the spirit of the Lord as they were filled. And, and if I was you, I'll tune in on Sunday and hear about, uh, about the greatest gift. Wherefore, 
Brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You won't fall because you are ensuring. Now, we ensure our, when we come down to employment, we, we make sure we're doing stuff right. We know the handbooks and all these different things, what we can do, what we cannot do. We follow the rules so that we are not given a pink slip immediately. It don't mean a pink slip may never come. I've had a pink slip before. I've been fired before. And others tell the truth. They, they will attest that they have to. Uh, they were let go because they did not ensure uh, to make their 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 opportunity uh, secure. And so the Bible tells us to secure this opportunity for so an interest shall be ministered unto you abundantly into everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior. So the question is, are you guaranteeing that the lifestyle you live lines up with the word of God? I hope you are. You smart. It don't it don't take scientists. It don't take, you know, uh, a Ph.D., a master's, a, uh, a bachelor of science, a associate degree. It don't even take a high school education or elementary. It just takes some common sense. Genesis 12, one through six. Now the Lord said unto Abram, get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. He spoke directly to Abraham, Abram, someone he knew would react to his command. What did God say to you? What is he saying to you this evening? And how will you react to what is being said? Isaiah 9, excuse me, Isaiah 10, 9 through 10, 10 chapter, 9 verse, Remember the former things of old, for I am God. There is none else. I am God. There is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient time, the things that are not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. So God knew Abram would respond. When God speaks to you, he's looking for a reaction. He's looking for you to respond. When God speaks, how do you respond? Or do you react at all? Do you do anything? Or do you just think about it and brush it off? Do you delete it like we delete our text messages? And knock off the voicemail? Ignore the call? Or do we respond to it? Do we react? Now, you know, we place these unprecedented demands on God. Do it now, Lord. And when he speaks to us, he's asking us to do it now. And so are we getting the same? Are we responding the same as we want him to respond to us? The instructions here was get out of that country. Where you are, get up and get out. Go. Leave your relatives behind. Now, you only do this when ordered by the Lord. Sometimes people uh, get saved and they, they, they forget about their family. I got a new family. I'm, I'm in the church family now. That's not Bible. That's not Bible. The Lord told Abram to, to get out and leave your, your relatives behind. He didn't tell you to do that. No. It was supposed to be an example. 
And I don't mean with a hammer, beating our, our relatives and loved ones upside the head, you know, but just live a life. Be an example. They will see the glory of God. God knows how to pull the curtain back. They'll see that you're not doing and acting the same as you did. And it's not because you're quoting scriptures every time they, they talk to you either. You don't lose your sense of humor because you get saved. You don't lose, you know, your character because you get you get saved. You will alter in, in, in some things, but you are not going to all of a sudden become this thing that you've learned on TV and and follow, you know, these all this different structure. When I get with my kin folks, when I get my cousin in, we laugh and talk about every thing. We act stupid. And so, you know, and then there come a time that they might ask a question or say something and they know where I'm coming from. But I haven't lost it. I have not lost that relationship and neither should you. The Lord told him, uh, God told him that I'm going to show you, uh, I'm going to show you a land. I'm going to show you the land. I'm going to show you something here. And so he tells him that I'm going to make thee the second verse. I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that, uh, that curse thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, Abram was asked to leave his country, kinfolks, and all his comfort. And God will give us some marching orders, and, and it's not always going to be comfortable. And sometimes you'll wonder, well, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And it's not going to be so abstract that, you know, that it just looked strange. And then other times it might be. But God is, will give you in, in, his, in, in the end result of what God tells us to do is going to be prosperous, is going to show the fruit. And those that look and see will say, man, God was in that. It didn't look like he was in it because, man, your moves were strange. What you were doing, uh, you know, just it had to be God. And look what he's done. Now, he took Sarah. It was him, Abram, Sarah. And he allowed Lot to go with him. Now, Lot went. God didn't tell him to take Lot. Tell him to leave his kinfolks in this instance. And, and so this becomes a permissive thing where, where he didn't get uh, redirected. He didn't receive any corrections for Lot being with him. So that was permissive. You don't make the decision as far as permissive. God does. And keep in mind that you're not Abram. Neither are you um, a celebrity. You're not going to get a free pass on stuff. You know, celebrities get free passes, you know, as if you've been watching the news and stuff, you know, Brittany Griner was released after um, breaking the law someplace. It don't matter what our opinion is. You, you, the law was defied, you know, and the exchange was great for a celebrity. But it was not great for the military. Another uh, person that was there that was also dealing with captivity. And, and so you have to understand that being a celebrity, you're not a celebrity. You don't get a free pass. Neither are you Abram. 
And so because someone free pass uh, on something don't mean that you're going to get it. So don't shoot for it. Don't go for it. Don't live a presumptuous lifestyle. There are consequences that accompany our good behavior. And there are consequences that accompany our bad behavior. And you want to reduce the, the bad behavior. You know, you don't want that to be your habit and the habit become a character. You know, it's time man, that we that we make the the changes. We put forth effort and we change things from where they were uh, to for the better of our life. So we have a better lifestyle. Now, the Bible said Sarah was barren. She had no child. And I like thinking about that because her situation was the way it was before she met the Lord. We don't know about other encounters that they had with him, but but now we, we read about this encounter and she didn't have a child. And, you know, there's a phrase that we like to say out of the blue. Well, this was not out of the blue. This was God's will. And he tells him, I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, what did that mean to Abram? What did that mean to him? Now, this is open to our imagination. Because we don't know, because one, first of all, we don't know his spirit. We don't know his mindset, um, what that meant to him when it was spoken to him. We don't even know how that even would deal with us. I mean, you've had dreams and visions of, of different things. And, you know, how did you react? I, I'm, I'm going to make you a great nation. But I, I will say that that it gives something to think about. He did not have a child. Did that mean that 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 at that moment he was going to now start thinking about that, man, I'm going to have children? I mean, what uh, this goes into a whole conversation that, that we're not going to be able to explore this evening, but we will explore it. Sometime the dream, the vision, the prophetic word from a true prophet, and I emphasize a true prophet, not one of those people that tell you that, that get caught up in the moment and tell you in seven days, you're going to see a check in the mail and, you know, spin around three times and this is going to happen and run up and down the aisle. Uh, you know, no, I mean, if that is of God, then it is of God and it will come to pass. But if it don't come to pass, then it makes me wonder if it was of the Lord. A true prophet. A true prophecy comes from a true prophet and it get, and it is meant, the word is meant to keep you focused. The Lord spoke these words to Abraham uh, to keep him focused. He tells him, he said, I'm gonna make you a great nation, stay focused. I'm gonna bless you, stay focused. I'm gonna make your name great, stay focused, man. You're gonna be a blessing, stay focused. Listen, Psalms 13 and 12 says, hope deferred make the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it, it is a tree of life. Sometimes you, you're dealing with the you, you're dealing with the desire. And it, it's it, it's not happening because it's been delayed and, and it does make you feel a little sick and it make you wonder it will it will it happen? I'm sure that Sarah and Abraham, as much as they love one another, as much as they went through the motion in church, spiritually, don't stop going through the motion. 
naturally, husband, wives, don't stop going through the motion. You keep the intimacy alive in the relationship. And because the desire, because she didn't get pregnant, it didn't stop them from from being intimate with one another. She didn't push him away in frustration. And he didn't walk around tripping, you know, outside of the tent or wherever they were living um, with frustration because she didn't get pregnant right then. Neither should we in the church when as we are put on programs and we do outreach and we do things and, you know, to reach out to souls and we're looking for growth, we're looking for uh, uh, fertilization, we're looking for pregnancy to occur, we're looking to give birth because it doesn't happen immediately doesn't mean that we stop being intimate with the Lord. It don't mean we stop worshiping. It doesn't mean that we stop praising. It doesn't mean that we that we stop witnessing, that we stop preaching the word, that that we stop, that everything come to a stand. No, keep it alive. Keep the relationship alive. Because when the desire comes, it is going to be like a tree of life. Now, Israel, let me let me put this out there. Let me let you know. The Bible said that Israel passed through the Red Sea. And we're far from Israel because at this point, Israel does not exist. It's only Gentiles. Okay. There are only Gentiles at this moment. But when Israel does exist, as we'll see one day, and they pass through the Red Sea, and that and the Bible talks about them rejoicing. They didn't, they was not rejoicing because they knew God was was going to do it. They rejoiced because he did it. In other words, they rejoiced because um, because they were at wit's end. They were afraid. They looked and saw Pharaoh's army. And they thought they were about to be consumed. It was not because they had faith in God that they was rejoicing. Else they would have been rejoicing before they crossed the Red Sea. All right, let's go back to this. Revelation 2, God encouraged the church of, uh, uh, to be strong, to stand strong. And, and he doesn't want people to be hopeless, but to be hopeful. The church of Samaria, he encourages them to be strong. There we And to be hopeful. Because they felt that they were, you know, at that moment, poverty, they were they were taxed. They were dealing with things and God let them know that that I see you. And, and I know you think that that you that you overwhelmed with poverty, but I want you to know that you're rich. Sometimes we don't understand and know what we have. And, and I don't want you to 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 lose focus and, and lose the fact that you have and what you're receiving from God and minimize it. You know, flesh and, and others will cause you to minimize what you have and you think it's nothing and therefore you lose the value of it. Hopeful. Be hopeful. Be hopeful. Sarah was barren and she didn't have a child. Be hopeful. Something must have been within them because God, they gave God something to work with. And I say that because God would not have given them such a promise if there was not something there to work with. Let's go on. He said, I'll make thee a great nation. One, 
I'm going to bless thee. Two, I'm going to make your name great. Three, and thou shalt be a blessing. Now, on the Price is Right, you know, that game show, uh, people will be winning prizes. They didn't guess, the, guess that the, 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 the item on display. And then all of a sudden, there is another prize behind the curtain. Well, here's another prize. I'm going to bless them that bless thee. I'm going to curse them that curse thee. And in all thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, we are participating in the blessing uh, that was pronounced upon Abraham. And right now, here it is, 2021, 2022, we are recipients of that blessing. And we are and we are embracing it even in this moment. Mm -hmm. Of all of this, all of this because he moved when God said move. You know, I, I mean, we, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, take it another step, folks, saints, friends, and we're gonna have to be more instantaneous. We're gonna have to be more responsive when God say move. Uh, you know, when He say jump, just start jumping. You know, when he, don't even ask how high. Just jump high. Just keep jumping. You know, there there's a the Bible talks about the prophet that went to, um, went to the to one of the kings and told him he said um, he was about to deal with a situation and I don't have the scripture verse in front of me and uh, but uh, but understand this he went to the, the 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 king and he told him he said um, you have a battle coming up and I'm paraphrasing what I'm saying and he told him to strike the arrow and he struck the arrow like three times top top top. And the, the prophet told him, said, it got upset with him and, and told him, um, if you would have struck that and, and just kept striking it aggressively, you would have destroyed your enemy. But instead, you, you, you minimized it. Don't minimize what God say. Move aggressively. Act upon it. Don't question how high. Just begin jumping. And when somebody asks you, why are you jumping so high? Because God said jump. All right. Now, I'm hoping to persuade you to move for God. That, that's that's the incentive. Move for the Lord. I, I'm aggressive when it comes to God. And I don't see no reason not to be. I was aggressive before. Uh, but now I'm I'm saved and, and I'm, I'm doing I'm seeking to do his will according to his word for his good pleasure. Now, the the global the global positioning system, the GPS that you need, the navigation system is his written word. It's not my word. Nope, it's God's written word. My word just deals with, you know, my personal opinion. My personal opinion is like theology. It doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. You know, Buddhism doesn't save you. It's just a, a, a thoughts for living. Hinduism and, and other philosophies don't save you. Those are things that are just for a suggestion which a common which really think about it is common sense you need more than common sense you need the divine inspiration the divine will of god which comes from him and so it comes in his word and so we all need the word of god period 
So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him and Lot went with him and Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, for those that are looking for a word from the Lord, uh, let me be plain again, open your Bibles up, read your Bible. I had someone to call me and say, man, do you have, do you have a word from the Lord? And this was a strange, someone I've never met before. And I told him, I said, read your Bible and obey what the word of God is saying. So many people are looking for, uh, uh, they want a blessing. Well, let me, let me tell you something. There are people that received blessings when Jesus was here. There are people that received blessings since he's gone. And blessings or things don't mean that you're saved. It don't mean that you're that you that you're actually in his will. It was his will to give you that thing. But you can have things and still miss eternal life and wind up in hell, which is then going to be cast into the lake of fire. Listen to the word of God. Open your Bibles up. Listen to the word of God. Be faithful to service and give your undivided attention to the spoken word, which should be the written word. The spoken word should be the same as the written word. All right. So the preachers, the ministers should be preaching the word of God and they should be explaining it with clarity. Uh, not with a bunch of theological terms and different things that are going to that sound so complicated and confusing. We're already dealing with complicated our hearts and, and, and we walk with, the, with our heart every day. We wake up with it. We go to sleep with it. We're dealing with the heart, the issues of the heart, because out of the issues of the heart. Is a multitude of things. I'm just going to put it that way. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. That's why we need to, to be washed by the word of God. Jesus told his disciples, he said, you've been washed by the word. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all the substance that they had gathered and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan and into the land of Canaan. They came. So they arrived at their destination. They arrived at the place where uh, where they were seeking to go, or at least where they would stop for the moment, all because the Lord told him to get up and go, get out the land, get from where you are, you know, and go to where I'm going to show you. So the journey is beginning. The journey for Abram starts here. The journey for us also has begun. It's begun. We're on a journey right now. And so we need to pay attention to what we're doing on this journey and not take this journey for granted. There's some things that we're going to learn on the journey. There's some things that we're going to learn about ourselves. There's some things we can identify with. Psalms tell us to delight ourselves in the Lord. One of the things that we're going to have to do continually, daily, is to delight ourselves in the Lord. We're going to delight ourselves in the Lord and to do his do his will. I mean, that's the most powerful, the, the greatest thing that we can do is to delight ourselves in the Lord. And, and so, you know, that's our focus. That's our focus. That's going to be your focus. And, you know, 
And we're going to see what God has for us because we do that. Delight ourselves in the Lord. Listen, the Bible tell us over and, and thank you. I appreciate your diligence. Uh, the Bible tell us that, that the Lord was speaking in 2 Kings 13 and 18. It, it tell us that, uh, that he told them to take the arrow. And the king took them, took the arrows, and Elisha, the prophet, told him, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. Now, that's 2 Kings 13, 18 that I made reference of. And he stopped. He should not have stopped at that point. It says something about his character and his frustrations and where he was in his mindset, where he should have beat the ground. He should have beat it. Sometimes we stop too soon. We should keep going. We're going to keep going. And, and as long as the Lord tarry, we're going to keep going. And we're going to keep going so that God is pleased instead of uh, upset. Instead of, I, I want to use the word disappointed in our faith in, in him. You know, God is affected by what we do. He's impacted by, you know, just like you're impacted with emotions. What do you think, God? We were creating his image. You're going to tell me he don't feel like we feel? I think those feelings and different things is probably stronger because of his greatness. We're going to delight ourselves in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. We're going to, what desire do you have? And does that desire line up with his will? Can you find your desire in the scripture? If you can find in the scripture, then you have a ground to stand on. You have structure, you have something. Commit thy ways unto the Lord, trust in him. And he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. God bless you. If you're in the in the, the Los Angeles County area, San Bernardino area, I want to encourage you to stop in and, and, and have service with us and you know uh, be blessed with us, grow with us. This is Pastor Carl and inviting you. 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. And we're looking to do some 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 great things, expanding the gospel, you know, and um, uh, some things that we have not done. We've been working and, and testing out uh, technology that, that we've acquired. And, you know, um, and so I solicit your prayers in that endeavor. Um, as we go forth in the, in the word of God, the Lord has blessed us um, I, to write three books this year. And one book that, that I was just completed and is going to go on to Amazon. Um, and that is D7. When the sixth day ends, the seventh day begin. Now, many read the book of Revelation and they find it um, a little taxing, you know, to understand. Well, the um, D7 uh, when the sixth day ends and the seventh day begins is written in such a way that you will be able to, un it's written in such a way that you can understand it and explain it to someone else. It's written in, at, in a way where you understand the parallel of what is happening in heaven and what is happening on the earth. Okay, so you're going to want to look for that. And there'll be a link to that um, posted 
um, where that can be found. The other book that was completed was The Lost But Found and the uh, also The Watchmen, Lions, and Bob Wire dealing with the turmoils and things that we become entangled with in this life. And the reason these was written is to let, to encourage your heart, to encourage the hearts of others that we are not alone. Someone has dealt with being lost and being found or losing something and then finding it. And there's some things that you will lose that you will not recover. Sometimes you don't want to recover it. Being entangled in things and, and you know, I've been entangled and, and God used someone to reach out and pull me out of the entanglement. And from my experience, I'm able to reach down and to pull someone else out of the entanglement too. And so I wanna encourage you to check those out. This is, we use this support for, to, for the ministry and as long with your prayers. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, thank you for your word this evening, this short exhortation Lord God, on on what the heart wants. You don't mind us having heart desires as long as it lines up with your will. We understand that. And we appreciate because you are looking out for our best interests. Lord God, and so I pray and ask that you would bless each one under the sound of my voice. You know their desire, Lord God. You know what is best for all of us. Now I pray and ask that you would bless you know the challenges that that each one face. You know the challenges that they had throughout this day and those things that they may be concerned about even tomorrow. Pray and ask that you would bless them, Lord God, with wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Lord God, continue, Lord God, to help us as we journey in your paths of righteousness. Lord God, we're walking up your highway. Lord God, and, and we want to stay Lord Jesus, on the path that you have given us, as long as it is pleasing in your sight. Lord Jesus, we want to be found in your word. We know heaven and earth will pass away, but your word will remain. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Share the love. Tell someone about the broadcast. Love one another. Tell somebody to be blessed. You know, maybe you're at the store or at work or something. Just say, God bless you. And put a smile on their face. Smile at someone. You know, change someone's day. All right. This, uh, we'll be back on Sunday at 9 a.m. Uh, with the word of God. Pray for me. I appreciate you. Good night. <laughs>